Today we'll be interviewing another aerospace engineer from Northrop Grumman. Enjoy. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. Well, thank you, Eric, for joining us today. Uh, we'll go ahead and get started with a series of questions we have for you. Um, so let's off. Let's start off with an introduction of yourself. Give us your name and, and what you do. My, my name is Eric Arlington. Uh, I am an integration and test engineer for a spacecraft. I work at Northrop Grumman. Northrop Grumman as a whole is a giant corporation. It does lots of aerospace things, but I, I specifically work on the satellite integration side of, of the company. Awesome. I've worked, I, I've worked here for 16 years now. And I've spent my entire career working in spacecraft. Nice. Have you liked it? <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, it's every once in a while you have to, you have to step back from the, you know, the daily grind of it's just a job and, and look at it and say, wow, I'm building satellites, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It's not an everyday job. You get to say that, huh? No. <laughs> cool. So let's, uh, if you're, if you're able to, what's, What's the most recent program that you've been working on or have worked on, if you're allowed to share it? Uh, the most recent program I'm working, that I've been working on is, um, I work in the national space security side, so I can't talk mm. too much about that. Understandable. Uh, it's definitely interesting and important work. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I can talk about the previous program I worked on, which is much more interesting. Okay, let's hear it. So the last program that I worked on was a program called Cygnus, which is mm -hmm. cargo resupply for the space station. So that was a commercial partnership with NASA to provide a firm fixed price cargo delivery services to the space station. Wow. And so that, that, that was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> How much of it was involved with working with other nationalities in other nations? So the, uh, the space station is obviously international mm -hmm. space station. Yeah. And we had the, our program itself, well, you know, we're a US based company. We had a lot of international partners on that program. Our communications system with the space station was made by a company in Japan. Mm -hmm. The pressurized cargo module was made in Italy. And at the beginning of our program, the, uh, the solar rays we used were made in the Netherlands. Yeah, and then our, over. <laughs> our star tracker and our rendezvous system originally came from Germany. And then recently, our rendezvous system comes from Canada. So Wow. Lot, lots of international partners. Yeah, working together. Is it two of them? Say that again. <laughs> I, I did get, I, I did get to go do on-site surveys and work with two of our partners. I spent mm -hmm. a month in Italy working on test equipment for the pressurized cargo module, and we did some training in the Netherlands for the solar array. They were both very good experiences. Yeah. That, sound, that sounds pretty cool. I mean, a month in the <laughs> Netherlands and Italy, heck yeah. That's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not, and you say it's, you say it's just a boring old job, you know. 
Uh, it's nice I mean, to travel internationally on someone else's dime. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It can, it can get expensive, especially when you do it for months at a time. So let's, yeah. uh, wait, have you ever traveled outside of, you've been to Europe, obviously, but have you ever been to international launch sites such as Russia or Kazakhstan? Yes, I've, uh, I uh, took part in two launch campaigns from Kazakhstan. Okay. And uh, one was in 2006, and I think the other was in 2007. But they were, yeah, they were, they were both very good times. <laughs> How, what do you mean good time? You want to explain a little bit on that? Um, if that's okay. So, yeah, when, when, when we travel on launch campaigns, uh, you know, it's a small group of people, mm -hmm. you know, 25 to 30 people that you've been working with for a while. And uh, you're kind of put in dorms or barrack kind of places. And if you have a good team, you know, you're, you're working and you're hanging out together. And it is very much like a college experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> was there uh, like, uh, when you went, was there like a huge language barrier between you and with who you worked with? We had translators with us mm -hmm. for the most part. And you know, just because the nature of the work we do, we're kept isolated from each other. You know, we still have ITAR restrictions on, uh, at the time we had ITAR restrictions on our spacecraft and ground stations and technology. So our, our technical interchange had to be fairly limited and they're usually controlled environments with translators. Mm -hmm. But when we went out on the town uh, at night after work, we found that a lot of, a lot of people spoke English. Really? Was, yeah. That's interesting. So you would think that uh, even, like, yeah, go ahead. I mean, maybe rough English at times, but mm -hmm. uh, the Kazakh is into Baikonur at night you know, I'd say maybe a quarter to a half spoke reasonably good English. Wow. That helps a lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what was, uh, what was that campaign you worked on? What, what did you guys launch out of Russia? We launched two, uh, commercial communication satellites. Uh, one was for a company called Telenor mm -hmm. and the other was, um, it's called Miasat, and now I'm blanking on who made who who we were building it for, but um, I think it was a Malaysian company. Oh, really? <laughs> the company probably is Miasat. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. I didn't know. I didn't know Malaysia launches satellites. It's not very common to hear that. Uh they. I mean, they have. They they purchase communication satellites and mm -hmm. they, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and they're operators. So okay. I, I I never heard that. It's pretty interesting. Can yeah. you could you explain just a, a real brief little bit what those satellites did, if you remember? Yeah, absolutely. So, well, I'll, I'll take a step back and I'll, I'll talk about Orbital Sciences Corporation. That's who, you know, my my facility was originally Orbital Sciences Communications, and mm -hmm. they their specialty was building uh, entry level communication satellites for developing countries. So that's that's why. Okay. You don't think of you don't think of 
Norway, Telenor is a developing country, but they're a relatively small country. Yeah, yeah. And so their bandwidth limit needs are, are limited. But that, that was, was what we specialized in was nobody, at the time, nobody was really servicing the space needs of uh, small developing countries. That the, the, the barrier to entry for communication satellites is very high. Yeah, you know, a, extremely high. You know, half, half a billion to a billion dollars for the satellite and, <laughs> yeah. and a quarter million satellite. dollars for the launch yeah. and many, many more millions of dollars for a ground station is is very large cost for for a small company or nation. So we we specialize in these smaller smaller satellites that could be co-passengers with some of the larger satellites. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where we got started and that's that's why that's why these are, are much smaller satellites. Uh, the communication satellites, they, when they're pretty much a repeater, you know, from the ground, you'll have a ground station that wants to get data somewhere else mm-hmm. and they will transmit up and the satellite receives it and turns around and transmits it back down. And so they use these for point to point services for, you know, maybe a bank that wants to transmit you know, transmit their important time-sensitive data. Yeah. That requires high reliability. Um, you can have broadcast services such as DirecTV and satellite radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then there are, some, there are some people that will just lease bandwidth on a satellite to provide temporary point-to-point data. That's, that's what they do. They're not... Yeah. They're, 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 they're just... They're big, expensive machines, but the function they serve is is relatively simple. Yeah, yeah, they, pretty basic. They, yeah, they 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 all get launched up in a geostationary orbit, where they they sort of they rotate, they orbit at the same rate as the rotational rate of the Earth, mm-hmm. so that they're always you know appear to be in the same position in the sky, which allows ground stations to be fixed, so they don't have to track anything moving. That makes sense. And then they. They have very basic, basic life support where they have solar rays to, to power it and they have uh, transmitters and receivers to send commands into status to spacecraft. And then all, all available sort of real estate on them is used for the money-making aspect, which is to, to take data and to retransmit it back down. Makes sense, really simple. <laughs> Lots of money, though, obviously. Yes. Yeah. So, um, let's see. How many how many launch campaigns have you been involved with in your entire career? You know, I I actually lost count. <laughs> that many. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Well, let's let's say, would you would it be in the ball, tens? Ball, ballpark. Uh, yeah, I'd say yeah between twenty and thirty. Wow, I've twenty done. and thirty. Yeah, I've participated in launch campaigns for geocommunication satellites and for sort of a, a MEO satellite, satellite constellation called Iridium. And, oh, um, and uh, obviously all, all the Cygnus campaigns I talked about previously, yeah. I, I think I've yeah. done 10 of those. Wow, 10 of them, so. that's crazy. <laughs> if, in, in, from your knowledge, what percentage or about how many of those launches were international, like launched internationally, I should say. Yeah, yeah I've, I've only 
I've only supported two international campaigns. Okay. Um, for a while, we had a we had a pretty brisk business with uh, with our Russian partners. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, cost is cost drives everything in the launch world. Yeah. That's, so that was, that was my next question. <laughs> so wh- whoever can provide the the lowest cost with comparable reliability mm-hmm. you know, is going to get the launch business. So the, the added cost of traveling internationally, you know, clearly there's a lot of added cost to go international, but if, mm-hmm. you know, if you can make it work, you're, uh, you're going to go that way. Yeah, definitely. I was going to, I was going to ask why, why launch from overseas? And obviously the answer is price cost. Yeah. Price, price is king. And the, SpaceX and Falcon 9 has really disrupted that model where, you know, you can now launch domestically for similar, similar prices and, mm-hmm. and arguably better reliability. Absolutely. So. I, I had a uh, interview a couple of days ago with a, a space YouTuber, they call him. And um, he, he talked about the same thing. You know, SpaceX has basically revolutionized the space market. You can launch yeah. satellites from the United States for, you know, the same cost, like we just said, instead of going to Russia and compromising a whole lot of other, you know, one security yeah. two reliability, because they're still, they still launch with ICBMs, whereas SpaceX is launching with, you know, cutting edge technology here. Yeah. So it's kind of like, why, why would I pay the same price to launch with, you know, 70 <laughs> style rockets? Yes. So... Um, going, looking at it from an international perspective, um, I'm an international studies major and I am looking at, you know, the relationships that we have formed over the years and then are, are forming as well. How do you think launching from international locations affects those relationships in your opinion? I, I think, you know, obviously there's, you know, international tension between, you know, yeah, Russia yeah. and the United States. But what I found for the most part is, you know, when you're working with, you know, our engineering counterparts there, pretty much, pretty much international relations is a nuisance to, to the work we do. Yeah. Uh, that, that makes that, sense. And that we, we all get along cause we like the work we do and, and you know, everybody is, everybody are, everybody is a human being. Mm-hmm, definitely. And have, you know, similar, similar concerns and, and lives. So, yeah, you know, that's, uh, yeah, it, it never really impacted our day-to-day operations. That's good. That was another question I wanted to ask, you know, if you've had during your campaigns internationally, have you ever felt like harsh feelings towards, you know, the Russians or like vice versa, but apparently it, it doesn't, you know, in the name of science, everyone <laughs> likes each other. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. So going going forward and looking at it <clears throat> again from an international perspective, do you think Russia losing a lot of their business launching rockets will create more tensions, possibly? That's an interesting I hadn't I not pondered. Um, yeah, I, I I actually don't know. <laughs> no, it's okay. I don't worry they, about it. <laughs> I mean, they. They have a lot of their own. They have a lot of their own launches that they continue. Yeah. And the uh, the, the companies that support international launches, 
know, they have partners that, that sort of go out and sell, sell their launches. So they have a, there's a company called ILS and they, you sort of buy, buy the spacecraft, you buy the rocket from them mm-hmm. and, and they, they sort of manage the entire launch campaign. So it's, wow. I, I know that they are hurting. <laughs> yeah. I imagine. Yeah. yeah. Cool. But I think their their own domestic needs. You know, I, I think they still launch a lot of their own commercial science and military spacecraft. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Well, I appreciate your time again, Eric. Yeah. Go ahead and end the recording here. Okay. Roger roll, Atlantis. Houston now controlling the flight of Atlantis. The space shuttle spreads its wings one final time for the start of a sentimental journey into history.